It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome to Wise Guys, These Guys Know Sports here on this Tuesday, August the 2nd, here on the Worldwide Sports Network. I'm Trey Larkins, host of the Wise Guys Sports Show. Everybody remember, go and follow the Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H, also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. It's Tuesday at the beginning of the month. So I'm excited. We got some preseason football coming up here in a few weeks. The NFL season is here. It's upon us. We got the Hall of Fame game Thursday night. We got the Raiders and the Jaguars and Ken getting it on. I'm excited for that matchup. I'm excited to be able to watch some football. Just be able to come home and watch some football. It's going to be exciting. I'm excited about it. Action jam pack. NFL season, so many storylines in the NFL this year. So many great teams in the AFC. You know, all the trades that happened in the offseason. The Broncos picked up Russell Wilson. The, the Raiders picked up Devontae Adams. We got a great season ahead of us in the NFL. The Bengals trying to get back to the Super Bowl when their first Super Bowl in franchise history. Matt Ryan trying to, you know, revitalize his career in Indy. Man, we got a great NFL season upon us. I'm so excited about it. In the NFC, we got the Rams trying to repeat as champs. Just, just so many great storylines. But today we got an action jam-packed show. We're going to talk about Deshaun Watson and his suspension. Sue L. Robinson's ruling. She's a disciplinary officer. She ruled that Deshaun Watson will be suspended six games. I'm going to get into that here in a bit. Also, Draymond Green, he wants an extension from the Golden State Warriors. I'm going to talk about whether or not Draymond deserves an extension from the Warriors. And also later in the show, I'm going to talk about Debo Samuel. He got paid. He got his money, a new three-year, $73.5 million extension with the San Francisco 49ers. And also Tariq Hill. He says that the Dolphins' offense is just like Waffle House, and everyone's going to be open 24 hours. So I'm going to talk about my expectations for Tua and the Miami Dolphins this season. But we begin in the NFL as Deshaun Watson will be suspended for the first six games of the season. The NFL PA says it will not appeal disciplinary officer Sue L. Robinson's ruling. 25 women filed civil suit lawsuits accusing Watson of inappropriate sexual misconduct. Kevin Stefanski says Jacoby Brissett will be the starter with Watson out. Now, this was the NFL on Deshaun Watson's suspension. We thank Judge Sue L. Robinson, the independent disciplinary officer, for her review of the voluminous record and attention during a three-day hearing that resulted in her finding multiple violations of the NFL personal conduct policy by Deshaun Watson. We appreciate Judge Robinson's diligence and professionalism throughout this process. Pursuant to the collective bargaining agreement, the NFL or the NFL PA on behalf of Watson may appeal the decision within three days. In light of her findings, the league is reviewing Judge Robinson's imposition of a six-game suspension and will make a determination on the next steps. So, first and foremost, I want to talk about Deshaun Watson, the football player, and how I've been a fan of Deshaun Watson. Dating back to his days at Clemson. He was a great quarterback for the Clemson Tigers. Went to back-to-back 
national championship games. He beat Nick Saban one year at Clemson, and he was great at college. Like, he was a great player in Dabo Sweeney's system, and it wasn't about Dabo Sweeney as a head coach. It was about Deshaun Watson when he was playing at the University of Clemson. Going into the NFL, I said Deshaun Watson was going to be a star quarterback, and he proved to be just that in 2018 and 2019, the first three years of his career. In 2018, he bought out. He had 26 touchdowns, nine interceptions in 2018. In 2019, he had 26 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. And even in 2020, in a bad year for the Houston Texans, a year when they went 4-12, and Deshaun Watson, he had 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions, and threw for close to 5,000 passing yards, completing 70% of his passes. Remember, this was without, without DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins had got traded to Arizona. So he was throwing to nobodies at the skill position for the Houston Texans, and he was playing at a high level. But then the drama started. And as great of a football player that Deshaun Watson is, tonight I got to talk about Deshaun Watson and his character. And we can't no longer just talk about him being a young elite quarterback because he has so many things that has happened over the last two years. Let's go down this timeline of Deshaun Watson, shall we? This is March of 2021, first of 25 civil lawsuits filed against Watson alleging sexual misconduct. March 11th of 2022, grand jury declined to indict Watson on criminal charges. March 18th, a week later, Watson got traded to the Cleveland Browns. And then today, Watson was suspended six games for violating personal conduct policy. So I was surprised that Deshaun only got six games, given the fact that 25 women has filed civil lawsuits accusing Deshaun Watson of inappropriate sexual misconduct. Literally, I would say about a month and a half ago, if you would have asked me my expectations for the Cleveland Browns, I would have said the Browns weren't going to make the playoffs because I expected Deshaun Watson to be suspended for the entire season. Yesterday, when it was announced that he was only going to be suspended for six games, I was surprised. I just knew it was going to be a year-long suspension, and I factored my predictions based on whether or not he was going to be suspended. So I was shocked. I, I was completely shocked. And if you're a Cleveland Brown friend, fan, you're excited. You're happy about this ruling from Officer Sue L. Robinson. She's a former judge. She's had multiple years of being a judge. You're excited about this because you still feel as if you have a chance to make the playoffs. That's on the football side of things. And then their, their schedule is not a hard schedule. I mean, in his first six games, they play the Panthers, Jets, Steelers, Falcons, Chargers, Patriots. Winnable games. But I'll get to that in a bit. So, I was a fan of Deshaun Watson as a football player. But his character is in question as a person right now. When these allegations on Deshaun Watson first came out, when the first few women were accusing Deshaun Watson of sexual misconduct, I had my questions. I, I was wondering, why now? Like, why all of a sudden is this coming out? Is it because he wants to be traded? I was wondering if it was some type of plan that the Houston Texans organization put together with these women because Deshaun wanted out of Houston. 
But then more and more women came out accusing Deshaun Watson of sexual misconduct. It would be one thing if it was two or three women accusing Deshaun Watson of sexual misconduct. But then to have 10, 11, 15, 20, up to 25 different women accusing Deshaun Watson of sexual misconduct. This is a prime example of where there's smoke, there's fire. And the difficult part in this whole entire situation is, and it's similar to when people out here commit crimes, like whether it be killing somebody or different kind of crimes you commit, it's a he say, she said situation. But I think the NFL dropped the ball here because no matter what you think of Deshaun Watson, whether you think he's guilty, whether you think he's innocent. And by the way, Deshaun Watson has said the entire time that he's an innocent man. He, he's maintained his innocence in all of this. Whether you believe he's innocent or not, what can't be denied is how Deshaun Watson compromised the integrity of the NFL just being in this situation to begin with. He compromised the integrity of the NFL, putting himself in this position knowing he's a star quarterback for the Houston Texans. When you are a quarterback in the NFL and you're a star quarterback at that, there's a certain way that you have to carry yourself in representing your team and the shield of the NFL. And Deshaun Watson dropped the ball here. That's the biggest thing for me. I thought the NFL dropped the ball because they put the ball in arbitrator and it was Sue L. Robinson, the judge, and they let her make the decision on how many games Deshaun should be suspended. The NFL, I believe, will be making a mistake if they come back and try to appeal her decision because it defeats the entire purpose of you changing the way you discipline players when they mess up. It would, it would, it would completely mess up everything that you were trying to do and trying to accomplish. The reason why they had this in place, a third party, is because they didn't want Roger Goodell, the commissioner, to be judge, jury, and executioner. They wanted someone else a part of the process. Well, you gave Sue L. Robinson the power to give Deshaun Watson his suspension. Yes, six games is low. Everyone thought it was supposed to be higher. But the NFL has to stand on its principles because it defeats the purpose of bringing in a third party. you got to roll with her decision in this situation. Now, what's crazy is, in Sue L. Robinson's ruling, she concluded that Deshaun Watson violated the conduct policy three different ways. She detailed this in her ruling. So it's crazy that she only gave Deshaun Watson six games. Call in, 513-203-8655 is the number to dial. 513-203-8655. Let me know, do you believe that Officer Sue L. Robinson's ruling of Deshaun Watson being suspended for six games, was it fair? Or should Watson have been suspended for a significant more time? Call into the Wise Guy Sports Show tonight. In the NFLPA, they also announced that they will not appeal this decision. But I think the issue is that the NFL is facing, and I think this is what Sue L. Robinson was saying in her ruling, the NFL is all over the place when it comes to disciplinary action taken towards players. Calvin Ridley, he got suspended 17 games for betting on games. Vontaze Burford got suspended 12 games for targeting. DeAndre Hopkins got suspended six games 
for PEDs. Martavius Bryant, he's been suspended indefinitely because he couldn't stay off the weed. Josh Gordon suspended 25 games plus because he couldn't stay off the weed. Darren Waller suspended 16 games, and Deshaun Watson got six games for sexual misconduct violations. It's just, it's crazy. And we got, it's so many different, you know, situations where you could say a player deserved this much time compared to this much time. I remember when Ray Rice, that situation went down. Initially, Ray Rice was suspended for, I think, like two games, maybe four games. And then once the video came out, then you heard the public outcry and the court of public opinion was, how in the hell can you suspend Ray Rice for only two or four games? He should be suspended for a season because we saw the video. This situation is different because we have no video evidence. We don't know the women who's accusing Deshaun Watson of these accusations. We also don't know if Deshaun Watson is guilty in all of this. He's guilty of putting himself in this position to have this happen because you have to understand who you are and what you represent. But besides that, I can't say that Deshaun Watson is 100% guilty. I'm torn. I'm torn. I don't know. Call into the show, 513-203-8655. What's your thoughts on Deshaun Watson's situation and whether or not he deserved to be suspended for much more games than he was? So when it comes to the overall situation and Deshaun Watson from a football perspective, the first six games for the Browns, they're at Carolina. They got the Jets, Steelers, Falcons, Chargers, Patriots. I think these games are all winnable games except against the Chargers. Far be it for me to think, I think the Browns, without Deshaun Watson, could go 4-2. and two. They could beat the Panthers and Baker Mayfield in Carolina. They're going to be favored over the New York Jets in Week 2. Week 3, we know the Steelers, they aren't a playoff contender. They don't have a quarterback. Browns could beat the Steelers in Week 3. Week 4, at Atlanta, that's a winnable game for the Cleveland Browns. Then they got the Chargers at home, and then they're at New England. These are all winnable games. The only game I would say that's not winnable is the Chargers game. That game will be tough for the Browns without Deshaun Watson. They'll need Deshaun Watson to beat Justin Herbert in L.A. But the rest of these games are winnable games. So week five and week six, they're they're both home games against the Chargers and the Patriots. So those they can lose to the Patriots. We know Bill Belichick is the greatest coach in NFL history, and he's going to make it tough on Jacoby Brissett. You know, he got, he got a lot of tape and history with Brissett because Brissett played in New England previous in his career. But those games against the Panthers, Jets, and Steelers, and Falcons, those are all winnable games. I could easily see the Browns going 4-2. and two in Deshaun Watson's absence off the field. Four and two. If Deshaun Watson returns back to the field and the Browns are four and two, heading into a week seven AFC North matchup against Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, I think Kevin Stefanski and the Cleveland Browns would take that. I think they will be happy with that outcome being four and two in the absence of Deshaun Watson. So, those are my thoughts on it. I think that this is a situation where it's hard to judge whether or not Deshaun Watson is truly guilty or innocent. 
And I think it's, it's, it's a tough situation that the NFL put themselves in because if you appeal this ruling, then you're basically saying that you're not going to allow due process to do what it's supposed to do because you wanted a third party, a part of the disciplinary process. You wanted a third party in this. A lot of players wanted that. And so you approved of that and you will be going against just that if you appeal this decision, because after that, it comes down to Roger Goodell. What does Roger Goodell want to do? Does he want to suspend Watson for more games if he appeals a decision or if the NFLPA appeals a decision? So I think they're in a tough spot. The one way I could see the NFL in the NFLPA appealing this decision, I want to be very, very clear about this. I don't see the NFL or the NFLPA. They already said they won't appeal the decision. The one way I could see the NFL appealing this decision is if sponsors or some of these women groups, they protest and they call out the NFL. The NFL would be in a, in a bind. They would be in a bind because you don't want to lose some of your sponsors and women who support the NFL if they say they're going to take back some of their contributions to the NFL. If that happens, Roger Goodell, his hands may be tied. He may have to appeal this decision. But that's the only way I could see it happening. That's the only way. I, I, the only way is if some of those women's groups and those sponsors take back some of their money. In that case, I could see the NFL, you know, suspending Deshaun Watson longer than six games. But I thought it was supposed to be a longer suspension. I expected a longer suspension. But this is a he said, she said situation. And honestly, in this situation, Deshaun Watson won. Deshaun Watson won in this situation because. Deshaun Watson, he's only going to miss six games. And then he got paid a crazy contract. He got paid a five-year, $230 million guaranteed deal. $230 million guaranteed? That's the best contract in NFL history. And you get to go and play quarterback? And you only suspended for six games? Right now, Deshaun Watson is the winner in all of this. He's the winner in all of this. Not to mention. He didn't even have to play last year in Houston, and he got paid. That's why I disagree with everyone who's saying, oh, he was already suspended last year. He wasn't suspended last year. The Houston, Texas organization, they enforced Deshaun Watson to play. Had they forced him to play, he would have had to play last year, but he got paid to play anyway and didn't play. So he won in all of this. That's the crazy part about this. So. The NFL has until Thursday morning to appeal. We'll see what happens. Let's transition and let's talk about the Brooklyn Nets as Zach Lowe. He says the Nets have not given up on a scenario where Kevin Durant retracts his trade request. So Kevin Durant asked to be traded out of Brooklyn a little over a month ago. The Brooklyn Nets organization, they are working with Kevin Durant and his representatives to work on a trade for Kevin Durant to be shipped out of Brooklyn. So for the Brooklyn Nets, I believe that they should hold the fort here. They should force Kevin Durant to report to training camp in the fall. You got Kevin Durant under contract for the next four years. Kevin Durant, despite being eliminated and swept in the first round of the playoffs, Kevin Durant is still a top five player in the NBA. Right now, the only players I'm taking over Kevin Durant, and this is debatable as well, but the only players I can think off the top of my head that I'm taking over KD right now are LeBron, Giannis, Steph, 
Kawhi when he's healthy, maybe, maybe Luka. I mean, Luka be balling, and that's debatable. Like, those are the only players that I can say for sure that I'm taking over Kevin Durant right now. That's it. Kevin Durant is still a top five player in the NBA. He's one of the most gifted scorers in NBA history. And you're not going to be able to have equal trade compensation in exchange for Kevin Durant. It's not going to happen. If the Brooklyn Nets are forced to have to trade Kevin Durant, the best deal they can possibly get would be from the Boston Celtics. I don't think they can get a better deal with anyone else in the NBA besides the Boston Celtics because the Celtics can offer the Nets Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and draft picks. And I would try to get, if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, I'm going to try to get Grant Williams as well in that deal. You're not going to get Robert Williams, the center for the Boston Celtics. You're not getting Robert Williams. But you could possibly get Grant Williams. You give me Jalen Brown, a future star in his own right, who's emerging as being one of the top players in the NBA. You give me a defensive specialist in Marcus Smart and Grant Williams, a nice all-around piece and some draft picks. That's probably the best deal you're going to get for KD. They're not going to give you Robert Williams. If I could get Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and Robert Williams, and picks, if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, I would think about that deal. But that's the point that I'm making. If I'm the Brooklyn Nets, I'm going to force Kevin Durant to have to report to training camp. It's going to be a deal that's going to be the type of deal that I can't turn down if I'm trading Kevin Durant. I'm not trading Kevin Durant for some average players. I'm not going to get equal compensation, but I need to at least be able to get a potential star back in return for, for Kevin Durant. And I think J Jalen Brown is that player. If I can get Jason Tatum, I would try to get Jason Tatum. If the, if the Celtics said Jason Tatum is available in trade talks as well, I'll try to get Jason Tatum. But that's it. Because Jalen Brown, he's 25. Tatum, he's going to be 24 in March. So they are both young stars on the come up. Those are the two only players that I can think of that I would want back in a trade if I'm forced to have to trade Kevin Durant. If Kevin Durant shows up to camp and he's a disruption and he's he's a, he, he's hard to coach, hard to deal with in that locker room, I'm still not going to trade Kevin Durant. From the Brooklyn Nets, I'm going to force Kevin Durant to have to play basketball for me unless he makes it very, very uncomfortable. I'm talking about, like, every day in practice, we having issues in practice. He don't want to practice. I mean, he, he don't want to play in games. He's sitting out multiple games. And we know KD love hoop too much to do that. Kevin Durant loves basketball too much just to sit out. He's a hooper. This is what he does. I can't see a scenario where Kevin Durant shows up and makes it uncomfortable. So if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, I'm not trading I am not trading Kevin Durant under any circumstance. General Manager Sean Marks for the Brooklyn Nets and Steve Nash. I'm holding KD's feet to the fire. I got to hold you to the fire, KD. I can't just let you, allow you to be traded in a possible trade. I have to keep my star because I want to still be able to, to contend in the postseason. And if you trade away Kevin Durant, you're not going to be contending in the postseason. You're not going to get equal value.
But if I can get me a Jalen Brown, then maybe we can talk. I mean, maybe, maybe. And, and again, I'm I, even with Jalen Brown. And sorry, my man Nate on here. What's up, bro? Calling to the Wise Guy Sports Show tonight. 513-203-8655 is the number to dial. 513-203-8655 is the number to dial. We've been talking about Deshaun Watson. Do you believe Deshaun Watson's suspension was the right amount of games or should he have been suspended for much longer? Now we're talking about Kevin Durant. Again, if I'm the Nets, I'm not trading KD for anything of less value. KD, a top five player. I got to get the best that I can in that deal. Let's transition and let's talk about the San Francisco 49ers as Debo Samuel. He gets the bag. Debo Samuel, he agreed to a three-year, 73.5 million dollar extension with the San Francisco 49ers. The deal includes 58.1 in guaranteed dollars. So when I first heard this deal and Debo Samuel getting paid, I was happy for Debo because I thought Debo Samuel was outstanding last year. Last year, he had 77 receptions, 1,405 receiving yards, six touchdowns receiving, but he was a great all-around player in that 49ers offense. He had 59 carries for 365 rushing yards, eight touchdowns. He averaged 3.7 yards per carry last year. And last year, he had 1,770 scrimmage yards. That's the second amongst receivers. He became the first wide receiver in NFL history to have 1,000 receiving yards, five receiving touchdowns, and five rushing touchdowns. He's the third player all time to accomplish that feat. He's the first wide receiver to accomplish that. Roger Craig, he did it in 1985. Marshall Falk did it in 1999. And Debo Samuel did it last year. So, first and foremost, I think it was important for the 49ers to get this deal done with Debo Samuel. Because Debo, last year, he scored on 14% of his carries. The 49ers, they are moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo. Trey Lance is going to be the full-time starter in this San Francisco 49ers offense. Debo will be a security blanket for Trey Lance. When you're a young quarterback, you need a reliable target to throw the ball to in pressure moments. Debo Samuel is that guy for Trey Lance. George Kittle as well. He was great for Jimmy Garoppolo whenever he was in trouble. So I think it's important for the 49ers to bring back Debo and have him around for a while because it's going to help with the transition from Jimmy Garoppolo to Trey Lance. Trey Lance is going to be comfortable having a reliable receiver to throw the ball to on those screens and those underneath routes like a Debo Samuel. Also, in his contract, there's an additional $2 million in incentives for Debo to produce at running back. So we know that Kyle Shanahan in that 49ers offense, the way that he utilizes Debo Samuel, and creates mismatches for opposing defenses is something that they have taken advantage of the last two years. So having Debo lining up at running back and receiver is going to help Debo to reach these incentives in his contract to get an additional $2 million. And then this was an interest that I, I read about Debo. This is the most rushing touchdowns of 10 yards plus last season, including the playoffs. Jonathan Taylor, he had six rushing touchdowns of 10 yards plus. Total rush yards per attempt was 332. 
he had six of those. Joe Mixon had five. He had total rush yards, 359. Debo Samuel had seven for 86 total rush yards attempts. So only 86 times did he get a chance to run the football. So we know how important he is to that 49ers offense. Now everyone's talking about, should Debo Samuel just be a wide receiver? I think Debo in a situation where in order to maximize his best potential, he has to be a versatile player in that 49ers offense. He has to embrace this dual threat role in this offense. And the reason why I think he gets open as much as he does is because he's in Kyle Shanahan's offense. I don't think Debo Samuel is the route runner like a Devontae Adams is, like a Cooper Cup is, or even like a Keenan Allen. I think Debo Samuel is open because he's in this system in Kyle Shanahan's offense. So I think he has to embrace this role of being a dual threat player to maximize his potential. I'm not sure if he was a number one receiver where he just lines up on the outside and catches passes. I'm not sure he can be a true number one. I'm not. I got my questions about it. Maybe he might prove me wrong because I like Debo Samuel a lot. I think he's a great all-around receiver. But do I think he is on the level of a Devontae Adams or a Cooper Cup when it comes to catching passes? Because that's the number one job as a wide receiver is to catch passes in the open field, make guys miss, score touchdowns. Debo Samuel is a great all-around receiver. Unlike Devontae, unlike Cooper Cup, unlike Jamar Chase, he's an all-around receiver. He does a little bit of everything. And one thing about Debo, he's not trying to run around you. He's trying to run through you. So he's a great football player overall, but I got my questions about if he just said, I don't want to play running back anymore, just line me up a receiver and throw me passes. I'm not sure he can get open like a true number one receiver. Give me your opinion on it. Call in 513-203-8655. Again, 513-203-8655. Let me know what you think about it. Can Debo Samuel be a true number one receiver if he doesn't play running back? Can he still catch passes as a true number one? I got my questions about it. But when it comes to the 49ers and, over, and overall and how that team is built, this was important for them to get done. It was important for Debo to get this done as well because similar to DK Metcalf, DK Metcalf got paid last week by the Seahawks. I thought that was a smart move. Metcalf and Samuel both have the same agent. Their agent is smart. The reason why Metcalf and Samuel got paid was because the Seahawks and the 49ers both have question marks at the quarterback position. That's why I said DK got to get paid now because if the Seahawks don't have a quarterback, as the years go along, the Seahawks organization, they're going to try to take away some of his money because his production may go down. Same with Debo Samuel. What if Trey Lance isn't good? What if he's terrible? And the 49ers for the next three to five years are in the draft trying to find a quarterback. We know the 49ers organization because of Debo's lack of production, because he doesn't have a quarterback, they would try to take away some of his money. I think it was very, very important for DK Metcalf and Debo Samuel to get paid right now. Great job by their agent. I, I got to find out who their agent are. Great job by their agent. Their agent, his name is Tory Dandy. Tory Dandy, shout out to, to you. Tory, shout out to you as an agent. If I need an agent, I know who to call because he did a hell of a job getting DK Metcalf and Debo Samuel paid within the last week. Great job. Great job. They, they they going to need to get paid now, just in case Trey Lance is a bust. 
And in case the Seahawks can't find the quarterback on the same level as Russell Wilson for the next five years, at least they both got their money. 513-203-8655 is the number to dial. 513-203-8655 is the number to dial. Let's go to our wise or lies segment of the day. Wise or lies segment of the day. Discussions about a trade that would send Utah Jazz guard Donovan Mitchell to the New York Knicks have fizzled out. Sources told the Athletic Shams, the Jazz and Knicks have not spoken in roughly two weeks. The first reports of the two teams discussing a trade for the three-time All-Star came earlier in July. Is it wise or lies to say the Knicks should go all in for Donovan Mitchell? I think it's wise to go, go all in for Donovan Mitchell. And here's why. No one wants to go to New York and play. If you're the New York Knicks, you have to try to figure out a way to bring in Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell, he's from that area. And similar to, to Carmelo Anthony, he would embrace plan in New York City. So I think it would be a great fit for Donovan Mitchell in New York. You would still have to bring in another star. I don't think Donovan Mitchell right now is the number one option on the championship team. I think he's a bona fide number two. I don't think he's a number one. So I would still be searching for a true number one option if I'm the New York Knicks. But this would be a start. Bringing in Donovan Mitchell, a player in his career who's averaged 24 points per game on 44% shooting from the floor, a bona fide scorer. He's not as great as Dwayne Wade was, but I think he has game that's similar to Dwayne Wade because he's a great slasher. He can get to the rim. He can hit three-point shots at a high level, and he's a great free-throw shooter as well. He's a great scorer. I like Donovan Mitchell. I don't blame him for all the issues that happen in Utah. But I don't think he's the number one, but this would be a start for the New York Knicks. They desperate. The team that they got right now, none of those players on that Knicks team is as good as Donovan Mitchell. So if you trade for Donovan Mitchell, you improve your team. Second round playoff team. Right now, you're not even a second round playoff team. The Knicks are a, a fringe playoff team at best. With Donovan Mitchell, you'll be a playoff team in the East. DeAndre Hopkins darted up the field Saturday at practice, made a quick cut, and then a nice catch as the Arizona Cardinals fans cheered in approval. It's a moment they won't see again in the near future. The Cardinals will play their first six games of the season without the three-time All-Pro receiver who was suspended in May for violating the NFL's policy on performance-enhancing drugs. He can return October 20th for a Thursday night game against the New Orleans Saints. So is it wise or lies to say that the Cardinals' playoff hopes depend on the availability of DeAndre Hopkins? That is wise. I think the Arizona Cardinals' playoff hopes depend on the availability of DeAndre Hopkins because I don't see no other receiver on this team that's a bona fide number one that can step in, step in the absence, uh, in the absence of a DeAndre Hopkins. AJ Green is past his prime. Marquise Brown, he's okay, but I don't think he's on the level with DeAndre Hopkins. Rondell Moore, he had some flashes last year, but D-Hop is the security blanket for Kyler Murray. In order for the Arizona Cardinals to be a playoff contender, they need their star receiver in the lineup. Otherwise, they won't be a playoff team. That's how important DeAndre Hopkins is to this Cardinals offense. So these, these first six games, Without D-Hop, it's going to be a struggle for the Cardinals. It's going to be a struggle for, for them. I, I, they just signed Kyler Murray to a new extension. Kyler Murray got his money, got his bag.
for his first six games playing without his all-pro receiver, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And they lost Chase Edmonds to the Miami Dolphins, their running back that they had. So we'll, we'll see what they what they got in store. It's going to be tough for them to, to those six games without D-Hop. But I, think it's, I do think he's important for their playoff hopes. Significant. Without D-Hop, no playoffs. Bam out of Bayou hopes to spend his entire career with the Miami Heat, just like Udonis Haslam. If I could, I would, says out of Bayou. That's what he told reporters Saturday at his youth basketball clinic, according to Anthony Chiang of the Miami Herald. Quote, just to have that opportunity to be around this community for my whole career. A lot of the community has seen me grow up. Is it wise or lies to say that Bam should be untouchable in trade talks for the Miami Heat? I think that is lies because I believe if you can get your hands on a Kevin Durant or a Donovan Mitchell, I'm trading Bam. I'm giving up Bam for Donovan Mitchell. I think Donovan Mitchell is a more superior player than Bam is, although they play different positions. I need a star in Miami around Jimmy Butler. I like Bam as a rim protector. I like Bam in that Miami Heat system with Eric Spolster as his head coach and in that organization under Pat Riley. But Bam Adebayo is not a star. I think he's a good player in a good system in Miami. But he's not a star. If I have an opportunity to get a star like a Donovan Mitchell and I have to trade away Bam Adebayo, I'm trading Bam away. You got to go, Bam. You have to go. Because I get I get an opportunity to bring in Donovan Mitchell, a bona fide scorer in his prime, and bring him to Miami and pair him up with Jimmy Butler, Donovan Mitchell, and Jimmy Butler in Miami. That's nice. I like that. I'm trying to think of the players that I would take over Bam, and I'm not trying to disrespect Bam. Bam's a nice player. He's ha- had a nice career so far. Chris Middleton, Donovan Mitchell, Zach Levine. That's debatable. It's a tough one for me. But Anthony Edwards, give me Anthony Edwards over Bam. But Carthy Towns, that's a debate because Carthy Towns, he, he's soft sometimes. He be soft. That's that one. That's one questionable. He, sometimes I'd be wondering. Sometimes we know how great Carl Anthony Towns is, but he shoot too many jumpers for me. Way too many jumpers. But what y'all think? Would y'all take Carthy Towns or Bam? I think it's debatable. That's a that's a good one. I, Bam plays better defense than Carthy Towns, but Carthy Towns is a better low post scorer than Bam is. I could get a ball to Carthy Towns in a low post, and he can create something off the dribble and get a bucket. Bam, that's not the kind of player that he is. He needs other players to create for him. So I don't think he's untouchable in trade talks for the Miami Heat. Let's transition. And let's talk about Draymond Green. Draymond Green wants a max deal from the Warriors. So should the Golden State Warriors give Draymond the max extension that he wants? No, the Golden State Warriors should not give Draymond Green the max extension that he wants. But I want to be clear. I want to give Draymond Green his flowers and talk about the type of player that he is. Draymond Green is the heart and soul of the Golden State Warriors. On this Warriors team, Draymond Green is more valuable than even Klay Thompson. Because Steph Curry is so great, it takes away some of Klay's value. And Klay is outstanding as a shooter. Klay is one of the greatest shooters in NBA history. But because of Steph's greatness and him being a threat, as soon as he passes half court, it takes away a little bit of Clay's value to the Warriors. Clay's is still a great player in the Warriors system. 
But Draymond's more important than even Clay because Draymond is the facilitator for this Golden State Warriors team. Draymond sets everything up for Steph and Clay to get their open threes. Also, defensively, Draymond Green is the anchor on that Warriors defense. 2017, he won Defensive Player of the Year. And in his career, he was a four-time NBA All-Defensive first-team player, three-time NBA All-Defensive second-team player. So defensively, Draymond Green is one of the top players in the NBA. You can book that Draymond Green, when he's at his best, he will be on the first or second team defensive select selection. He's great on defense. And there were times where, looking at Draymond Green, I'm looking at him and I'm like, this dude's only 6'6", but he plays like he's 6'9", or 6'10". He plays much bigger than his height that he's listed at. He's the heart and soul of the Warriors team. He's the best defensive player that they've had during their dynasty. I'm not going to disrespect Draymond Green tonight on the Wise Guys Sports Show. I'm not going to disrespect Draymond, but I don't believe the Warriors should give Draymond Green a max extension. And let me explain why. Both Steph and Clay had to wait until the final year on their previous contracts before agreeing to terms on a new extension with the Warriors. Draymond got two years left on his current deal. If I'm the Warriors, I'm trying to repeat. And then maybe after we repeat and become back-to-back -back NBA champions, maybe next offseason, if I'm in a good mood, if I'm Bob Myers or Joe Lacob or Steve Kerr, if I'm in a good mood, we can discuss an extension with Draymond Green. But I'm still not giving Draymond Green a max extension. I would give him an extension to retire as a Warrior but I'm not giving Draymond Green a max extension. Draymond is 32 years old, and he's coming off of three seasons where he hasn't played more than 50 games, but once, one out of the last three years, he's played 50 games. And we know availability is your best ability. Draymond's getting up in age. We don't know how many more years he has left playing at a high level. Hell, this year in the NBA Finals, Steve Kerr had to bench Draymond Green. So we don't know how much longer Draymond Green is going to be a huge, solid contributor to the Warriors being able to win championships. Also, Draymond being the type of player that he is, Draymond is valuable to the Warriors. If Draymond hit the open market as a free agent, who else is going to line up to pay Draymond Green $30 million? Who's going to want to pay Draymond Green a max extension? No one but the Golden State Warriors would give him that type of deal. He's extremely valuable to what they do in Golden State. But him being a liability as a shooter is something he can only play for the Warriors and have the value that he has. Because Steph and Clay have unlimited range, it allows Draymond to be a liability as a shooter. It helps Draymond Green because Steph and Clay are such great shooters in that system. Also, the way Draymond is wired and the kind of player that he is, which I believe helps the Warriors, I think the intensity and how dedicated Draymond is to the game and how 
he is aggressive in his approach as a basketball player, I think it helps the Warriors, and it's helped them win four championships in eight years. I think it helps them. But I think Steve Kerr is the perfect coach in that system for Draymond Green. I don't think if Draymond Green, if he went to another team, I don't think another coach would be as receptive of him as a player as Steve Kerr has been. I think he's in the perfect situation to flourish and play at a high level. So I don't think the Warriors should give Draymond Green from a max extension for multiple reasons. Because number one, Steph and Clay had to wait till their last year of their deals. Number two, he's 32 years old. Last three years, he's only played over 50 games once. And again, if he had the open market, I don't think there's other teams who are going to give Draymond Green a max extension. I think the Warriors are the only team that will give Draymond a max extension. And I don't think it's a good idea if I'm them. He's not that caliber of player. When I think of max extension, I'm thinking of a top 10 player in the NBA, maybe even top 15. The obvious ones, LeBron, KD, Kawhi, Giannis, Steph. I mean, it ain't that many. It's not Joker, Embiid. These are the only players that I am willing to give a max extension to. We got a caller calling into Wise Guys right now. I want to welcome to the show host of Snowman in the Morning, my big brother, big time San Francisco 49ers fan, Brian Snow. What's up, Brian? What's going on, Trey? I'll you- ask you a question that I asked you earlier when I called you earlier. Why do you hate my 49ers so much? (laughs) (laughs) You know why I hate your 49ers. Your 49ers are the reason why Aaron Rodgers doesn't have multiple Super Bowl appearances on his resume. The 49ers alone oh, you're just are gonna, the reason you're to just blame. Gonna eliminate the fact, you're just going to eliminate the fact that Aaron Rodgers choked? He choked against, yeah, your 49 against the Buccaneers? He didn't choke. You, are you talking about the last possession? I'm talking about the entire game. The, the entire game. In that game, Aaron Rodgers outplayed Tom Brady, Brian. He outplayed Wrong. Tom. What? Wrong. In that game, Brady. Because if he outplayed Tom Brady, he would have won. Brian, you know it's a team game. In that game, Brady threw three interceptions. It's a, it's a team game, yes. But since you want to make it individual, and I haven't had a chance to pick on you in a while because of health reasons, if he would have outperformed Tom Brady, he would have won. That's but it, that's hard Period. to say. That year, that Bucks defense, they were dominant in the in their playoff run. Remember, in the week in that in that wild card game, they beat the Washington Commanders, and then in, 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 in the divisional round, they beat Drew Brees. They sent Drew Brees home, and then they came to Lambeau and they beat the Packers. But the Buccaneers didn't get to the Super Bowl because of Tom Brady. They got to the Super Bowl because of that Wanna elite bet. defense. Smart Alec. Who was the MVP of Super Bowl 55? It was Tom Brady. He was great in the Super Bowl. I rest my case. He was great. What did that defense do against Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes didn't even throw a touchdown pass in that Super Bowl. And your Packers got beat by my 49ers three years ago in the NFC Championship with a quarterback that y'all only allowed to throw eight times. That's true. I'm not going to disrespect the, the 49er fan. I have nothing to say about and the 49ers. I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm not disrespecting Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Speaking of the word hate, I hate the Golden State Warriors so much. I was just talking about the Golden State Warriors. I don't hate the Golden State Warriors. I got respect for the Golden State Warriors. They have won four championships in the last eight years. Steph 
Curry is the greatest shooter that God has ever created. I got no respect for the Golden State Warriors, Brian. I just believe that last year in the finals, I think the Celtics had the more talented team, but the Warriors had the more experienced team. They had the more disciplined team, and that's why they ended you know up winning what the Golden NBA State also what You know what Golden State also was in the finals that they weren't through the rest of the playoffs? Healthy. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Question. I got a question for you, Brian. I was just talking about this. Talk to me. Draymond, he wants a max extension from the Warriors. Do you believe the Warriors yes. should give Draymond give a max I'll, extension? I'll answer your question now. I hope they give it to him. Really? Yes. You think he deserves it? Not only does he deserve it, he's one of the cogs that stirs the drink. He's part of the core. What? I, listen, I'm not going to disrespect Draymond. We know how great Draymond is. You just did in asking me that question, you silly. I know, but the thing is, okay, when you think about, to me, when I hear max extension, I'm thinking about top 15 to 20 players in the NBA. Draymond Which Green is Kyrie not a top. Kyrie Irving ain't, and Draymond Green is. Next question. Stop it, Brian. Don't do that, Brian. If, if you take, listen, if Draymond hit the open market, if he hit the open market, do you believe there will be 29 other teams that will be lining up to give Draymond Green a max extension? Hell yes. Stop it. Stop it, Brian. You know the answer to that. No. Okay. He's, he's no. Okay, no why way. are you telling me to stop it when you know it's true? And I know that big fat smile on your face, little brother. Because I'm <laughs> messing with you. No, I know. I know you are. I know that's I know that smile on your face. But I really believe he should get a max. Here's my biggest reason. Draymond Green's one of the reasons the Warriors are on the mid are in the midst of a dynasty that has been revived. Yes, I'm not taking that away from Draymond. Again, he was a 2017. Well, they quit asking the question about a max extension, man. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. He was a 2017 NBA Defensive Player of the Year winner. He has multiple first team all defense selections, multiple on his resume. And I think he's the heart and soul of that Warriors team. But the reason why Draymond has been a, as effective as he is is for multiple reasons because he's in that Warriors organization slash culture. I don't think if he was in another organization under another head coach, I don't think Draymond Green would be tolerated the way that he is, but he's tolerated because he plays for Steve Kerr. Also, he's a liability as a shooter, Brian. You know he is. But the reason why he's able to flourish in that system My is because eye. they got Steph. That's the liability, reason why. Liability as a – okay, let, let's just entertain that argument for a quick second. He is a liability as a shooter. Where else is he a liability? You have to be able to shoot today's NBA, Brian. You got to be able to shoot, but because and of he doesn't know, and he doesn't know how. No, he, he can shoot, but there are times where I watch Warrior games. Tell me, am I, am I lying? Where Draymond is just off. He got bitched in the bitched in the finals this year, Brian. He got bitched. Steve Kerr had to sit him down. That's all I'm saying. I'm okay, saying, that's all I'm saying. He got benched in game four. Yeah, he got benched in game four. Now, this is where I make you have steam coming out of your ears and make you laugh at the same time with this fact. Wasn't he on the floor in game six? He was on the floor in game six. He had a great game. Did game he six. have a big impact in game six? He did. He did. He played great in game six. And my third and final question of this triple play, did they not clinch in game, in game six? They did. And 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 I'll, I'll add. Then shut up. I'll add. Draymond actually played his best game of the series in game six. He played his best game. I mean, don't you have to play? Don't you have to play your best when the chips are on the line? The yeah. chips were on the line in Game Six, and Draymond delivered. He, he did. He did. Now I want to. I want to go back to your to the other Bay Area team because I want to ask you about Debo. You know, Debo agreed to a three-year, seventy-three point five million dollar extension with the 49ers. The deal. Yep. The deal includes fifty-eight point one 
in guaranteed money. So what was your reaction as a 49er fan once Debo got his bag from the 49ers? I said, hell yeah. So I believe that, honestly, I think it's some, it was important for Debo to get his money now because yep. if Trey Lance is a bust, let's just say he's a bust. I don't, I don't think he will be. be. I don't think he will be. Let's just say he is. And the 49ers are going to be in the draft, you know, searching for a quarterback the next three or five years. I think it was important for Debo to get his money now because his production could go down for the next few years. And then the 49ers organization, they won't want to pay Debo if it's statistically, if his numbers goes down. So that's why I think it was important for Debo to get paid now. Same with DK Metcalf um, in Seattle. First of all, DK Metcalf blows. Second of all, Metcalf can't run a route correctly to save his life. And third of all, you're talking about Debo Samuel, one of the five best receivers in the league right now. And he's also one of the most dangerous and also one of the most versatile. DK's he's a stud. No, 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 you can't disrespect DK. He's a stud. And I disrespect DK Metcalf because he can't run out. You gotta respect I mean, him. is he an, is he a stud athlete? Yes. <laughs> yeah, he he's is. a stud athlete. He is. But see, I liken I liken DK Metcalf to LeBron James. Oh, don't fabulous do it. athlete. Don't do you it. know where I'm going? I do, and I know you about you about to laugh because you know where I'm going. Fabulous athlete. I don't know much about a football player that DK Metcalf is. Now, could he prove me wrong this year because he got his back? But my question is, as far as DK Metcalf goes, simply put, who's throwing to him? I agree, but don't disrespect LeBron. I'm not even going. I'm not even going. I'm not even going to entertain that. I'm going to disrespect your boy Kyrie while I'm at it. Let's have some real fun. I'm not even going to entertain that. But I want to say this, though, because I do agree with you. You're not going to entertain it because it's me? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Kyrie. I do agree with you about DK. That's why I said it was important for DK to get his money, too. That's why I give a lot of of credit to Metcalf and Samuel's agent. His name is Tory Dandy. He got both of them paid at a time where there is a lot of questions about their quarterbacks. So I, I give him Absolutely. a lot of credit for that. Yeah. So I we Russell Absolutely. Wilson, he's in Denver now. So DK had to get his money. I have no problem with it. Russell Wilson this year behind that makeshift offensive line is going to get pummeled we'll before see. he even starts running. We'll see what happens. I'm a, I, we can we can definitely talk about that because I want to I want to finish something <laughs> else up about your 49ers. Do you believe it's time for your 49ers to move on from Jimmy G and, and hand the reins over to Trey Lance? Personally, no. They may. Why are you choking? I'm sorry, but they made the decision to go to go with Trey Lance, and I liken this to the situation they had in 1992 when Montana was traded to Kansas City. Yeah, let's see what the kid can do. I mean, I was all right. Full disclosure, I was irate. Yeah, when I learned that they made the decision to go with Trey Lance, but then, like I said, started researching my history. You know, I'm a research madman, and I started likening this to Steve Young's era with San Francisco. And I said the same thing then that I will say now. Let's see what the kid can do. It ain't September yet. It's barely August. All the reports that come out, and you know social media drives reports up the wall. Yeah. Let's just see what the kid can do. Yeah, I think it's time. Let me see what the kid can do, all right? Yeah. And if it's what I think, even though he hasn't played until last year, you know he hadn't played a football game in two years and hadn't started a full season in two years, I think you can pick it up. I'm sold. I'm I'm all in. You're the 49er fan, so you would you would know. We and we we and I'm a 49. I'm a 49er insider. Also, the key for the 49ers is that interior offensive line. If we can get that interior offensive line punch back that we had three years ago and partially last year, they'll be just fine. I agree. 
I agree. I, I definitely agree with that. They still got Trent Williams on that offensive line. He's one of the best tackles and in Trent the NFL. Williams is a monster. A monster. Trent Williams is Trent Williams is a fool in that Kyle Shanahan offense because I liken this back to the game we had in Lambeau Field. Didn't it frighten you, Packer fans, to see Trent Williams, six foot eight, three hundred twenty pounds in motion on a third and two? Yeah, I saw. I remember that play that you're talking about. Didn't he pull didn't he on that play? The daylight's out of y'all. Yeah. <laughs> didn't he did he pull on that play? He pulled, didn't he? Like he, he pulled. Yeah, he pulled. He pulled to the right. <laughs> yeah, he did. He pulled to the he, he pulled to the right. And everybody in Wisconsin went, What the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it happened for sure. And it, it's so crazy because I was talking, I was saying this earlier about Debo. And, and this is the same can be said for George Kittle. Debo Samuel and George Kittle, they're not trying to run around you. They trying to run trying through to you. Run through you. Yeah, they trying to run through you, man. They, forget running around. Forget man. running around you. They're trying to go through you. Yes, man. That's they, the mentality of the 49ers running game. It is. They're it, not trying to go around you. They're trying to go through you. Debo Samuel and George Kittle are two of the most physical football players in the NFL. They're both animals when it comes to this football game, man. They really are. Really are. They definitely are. Hey, before you go. Big bro, shout out your social media. Let everybody know where they can find you and watch your show. Beast Snow Multimedia is where you can follow me personally. Official SIT Morn on all social media is where you can follow me professionally. And catch Snowman in the morning with Cole Johnson every morning, 8 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday on YouTube, BS3 Network. And you can also listen SDMSportsNetwork.com. I appreciate you calling in, big bro. I definitely want to catch up with you. I want you to call in on Thursday, too. I want this to be a normal thing. And I love having you call in. We can I talk. will. I will. Thank you, brother. I love you. Thank well, you. Later, too, bro. Have a good one. That was my man, Brian Snow of Snowman in the Morning here on the Wise Guys Sports Show. Got a few more minutes before I get out of here. I'm going to talk about Tyreek Hill and his comments on the Miami Dolphins. Tyreek Hill, he was talking about the Miami Dolphins in their offense. And he said, quote, just like Waffle House, everyone's open 24 hours. So when it comes to the Miami Dolphins and my expectations for their offense this year, I like some of the moves that the Miami Dolphins made in the offseason. They brought in Mike McNaniel, who was previously under Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. So I'm sure he knows what he's doing. He's an offensive head coach. So the offensive side of the ball should be better for the Miami Dolphins. And then offensively, they brought in some key pieces on that offense that can help Tua. They brought in Raheem Mozart. He's from the 49ers as well. 2020 NFC Championship game comes back to my memory when he dominated the Green Bay Packers. That was the game where Jimmy G only threw eight passes. It was ridiculous. That was his best game of his career. And then you had... Chase Edmonds, he was the previous running back in Arizona. And then Sonny Michelle, he just won the Super Bowl with the L.A. Rams. So they're going to have a nice backfield for Tua. And those running backs are all proven backs who will play well in McDaniel's system in Miami. I expect them all to play well. And for Tua, you need some reliable running backs to hand the football off to. You don't need necessarily a star like Derrick Henry or like a Joe Mixon or Aaron Jones, but you need nice quality backs. I think Mozart, Edmonds, and Shoney Michelle will help them in that department. They also signed Cedric Wilson. He's from Dallas. So they brought in him in free agency. And then we know Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle can both produce at a high level. Trading for Tyreek Hill 
and bring in a track star of the caliber of a Tyreek Hill is going to be monumental for this Dolphins offense. And I expect this Dolphins offense to flourish at an elite level. I really, really do. The only questions that I got about this Dolphins offense is Tua. That's the only questions I got because I was wrong about Tua. Going into the draft, I said Tua was going to have a better career than Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is better than Tua. Justin Herbert is better than Tua. Josh Allen is better than Tua. Kyler Murray is better than Tua. Lamar Jackson is better than Tua. It's so many quarterbacks that's better than Tua. Tua is a game manager. And I know his quarterback record is decent. So far in his career, his quarterback record is 13-8. and eight. In those 13 wins, a few of those games, they had to bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick. They had to bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick to save some of those games for the Miami Dolphins. Tua couldn't even finish certain games. So I got my questions about Tua. So far in his career, Tua got 27 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. He's through for over 4,400 passing yards. He's completed 66% of his passes. I think he's a game manager. He's the only question mark I have about this Dolphins offense. I like Jalen Waddle. I like Tyreek Hill. I like their running backs, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mozart, and Sonny Michelle. You know, Michelle's a great running back who can catch the ball at the backfield. I like McDaniel as a head coach. I got my questions about Tua and whether or not Tua can elevate his game and lead the Miami Dolphins to the postseason. I know last year they had one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. They did patch up that offensive line. They made some key signings in free agency. They brought in offensive tackle Tyron Armstead, so he's going to help them on that on that O-line, and we'll see what happens this year. I got to get off here. I'll be back on Thursday, 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. on the Worldwide Sports Network, but I got my questions about Tua, whether or not he can lead this Miami Dolphins team to the playoffs. I'll talk about that more on Thursday night's show. I'm Trey Larkins, signing off of the Worldwide Sports Network. Again, I'll be back on Thursday night, 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. on the Worldwide Sports Network, Wise Guys Sports Podcast. Go and follow Wise Guys on all social media platforms. And when the podcast release, I will let everyone know. Enjoy your night. It, it is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.